Learn how to build a better sign and print shop from a few crusty sign guys who've made more mistakes than they care to admit. Conversations and advice on pricing, sales, marketing, workflow, growth, and more. You're listening to the Better Sign Shop Podcast with your hosts, Peter Kurunis, Michael Riley, and Bryant Gillespie. Before we jump into the episode, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, GCI Digital Printing, grand format printer to the trade. GCI is not your average print shop. They pride themselves on providing you a fast, stress-free experience when outsourcing. Their no excuses mindset means no matter the job, they'll have it done every time. No other vendor will go to the links that GCI does to ensure you're a satisfied customer. To hear more about their approach to business, hop back into the archives to episode nine, where the guys and I interview owner TJ Bedact about top tier customer experience. If you're looking for a high quality trade printer for banners, mesh, coreplast, and more, TJ and his crew will have your back. For jobs big or small, GCI does them all. Check them out at printgci.com. Hi guys, welcome back to the next episode of the Better Side Shop Podcast. As always, I've got my co-host, the Side Shop Yoda, Mr. Peter Carunas. How are you, Pete? Not sick anymore. That's good. That's a, that's a plus, right? Oh this this is like the time of year that your kids are just like, they're like little sponges that soak up all the germs around them, and then they just transmit those to you. That's what happens Pretty to much. me. Pretty much. Yeah, I walk around my house with a, a can of Lysol, spraying down like almost <laughs> everything that they touch, everything that they put in their mouths, and it finally, it finally caught up to me a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God. Dude, first of all, men, when they get like a cough, it's like, I want to get under the covers, under seven layers of blankets. Like, I give my wife so much credit. She's been coughing for like three weeks, really struggling through, and she's not a whiner like me. Like when still I does get all the I, things. <laughs> still does the laundry, cooks dinner every night, you know, God bless her. But for me, when I get sick, it's like, don't talk to me. I'm not doing a damn thing, going under my right. getting under my covers. So it's I've been like, uh, I've been healthy for the past 48 hours, which is good. It's been a steady diet of hauls and dum dum lollipops for the sore throat. And, uh, yeah, um, haven't really gotten much work done in the past two weeks because of it. So uh, happy to finally be on the uh, on the right path and uh, getting uh, getting in front of you you again and and enjoying these uh, these guests that we're going to be bringing on. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm glad that you're on the mend, man. I, I tell you, like the challenge that I have now is is not like sickness. Uh, my wife thought it was a good idea to get a dog. So we have a new dog in the house. It is a puppy, and um, you know I, What's I work name? from her. Her name is Winnie Winnie Cooper. Um, the oh, girls Michelle. Like, uh, yeah, yes. So the girls. Uh, growing pains, right? I think that's what it is. Was it growing pains or the no, Wonder Years? Growing pains. Wonder, wonder, year. wonder Years. Yeah, yeah. the, the hot, always the hot get, door. I always get them mixed up. So like we got it around Halloween. And my girls, they dressed as the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus for Halloween. 
so they called the dog Winifred. And I was like, because that's one of the witch's names or something. I was like, well, if we're going to call her Winnie, let's call her Winnie Cooper. So that's how we ended was, up there. I was wondering it if is, you changed your last name for whatever reason. It is. A, it, <laughs> I haven't changed my last name, no. Um, it's a tiny dog, though. It's a Yorkie. So it's always underfoot. I'm, like, terrified I'm going to step on it. And I've got somebody else that poops and pees in the floor. Look at you, man. Look at you. Yeah. yeah, great. Great. Love it. More responsibility is what I needed. <laughs> so what do we got going so, on here? What's the topic? All right, so we have got a uh, an awesome guest today from Charlotte, North Carolina. I feel like uh, we should have done like a Bulls intro. From Charlotte, North Carolina, number 23. <laughs> No, um, I, I really, uh, I really enjoy the gentleman James. Um, he is uh, a, a great guy to talk to. Uh, actually, redid their website uh, earlier this year, so that's how we first came into contact. As I got to learn more about their company, I was, I was pretty impressed. Uh, they're not the average sign shop. There's a, a multifaceted. Uh, we'll get into some of that, but um, yeah, let's bring him on. All right, let's do it. All right, guys, welcome back with our special guest, James Neely of RP Signs in Charlotte, North Carolina. James, super nice to have you on the podcast. How are you, sir? Doing well. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. So you and I have had several conversations before this. Um, I was just telling Peter that we redid the website for you guys. Um, Gary over there was my main contact, but uh, really enjoyed the conversations that we had. Uh, where you and your father were involved. And, uh, you know, I think you guys have a really cool story there at RP, not the average side shop. Um, <laughs> a lot of different facets. You guys work with a lot of interesting clients. Yeah. Super excited to have you on. So for those who, who ha haven't had conversations with you, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself and RP signs? So I will be eventually be third generation owner of the shop. Our sister company started in 1984. Uh, we are a division of them, Recognition Plus. They do corporate apparel, awards, et cetera. And then in 86 was the, the birth of the sign portion of our business. Uh, we started getting some calls from some doctors wanting nameplates for their desks. So at the time, my father was in law enforcement in South Carolina. So he moved up to Charlotte and decided to... Uh, to start this sign business and it has done nothing but grow since 86 until now. And it's, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Well, I could say like starting out, like I've seen some of the projects that you guys do and it's a far cry from just nameplates now. Yeah. So hey, tell us <laughs> about the shop, you know, like what kind of projects do you guys take on? You know, how big so, are you? Give us, give us the full scoop. Yeah, so we have um, 19 people total on staff. Uh, we got five project managers, two graphic designers. We have one graphic designer that actually is going to work as a PM role as well, and he he will support our one and only sales guy. Um, we have never had salespeople before until this year. It was our, this is our first sales guy in in 30 some odd years of business. Um, we have 20 roughly 20,000 square feet in Charlotte where we do some light fabrication, 
Um, we do all of our ADA signage manufacturing in-house, flat cut letter sets, um, digital print, roll to roll, flatbed. And we just purchased a, a DCS printer that will allow us to do um, direct to substrate uh, tactile and braille signage. Um, right now we run the applique process here in the shop. Uh, we have one guy who's just, he runs three lasers oh, wow. and, and, the, and the braille machine and he, he's, he's a wizard. So we want to keep him <laughs> around for a while. Hey, like what type of clients do you guys work with? A lot of, a lot of healthcare and that has kind of turned into a lot of property. Then that like helps us diversify into property managers because a lot of times these healthcare facilities and clients that we have, they have different clinics and all kinds of different buildings. So then the people are like, Oh, well, who are you using for signage? And then that kind of goes, well, we use RP. They can, I'm sure they can help you out. So medical office buildings is another big specialty of ours. Full, full service, interior, exterior signage, uh, design permitting and fabrication. We've started breaking into the retail industry a little bit more here lately. Hasn't been a super big focus of ours for a long time, just because, I mean, we pride ourselves in knowing how the healthcare process works and taking the pain out of that for, for our clients. Um, because really signage is the last thing they want to think about. They want to focus on building a cancer research building and not signs that go by a door. So we take that out of that for them and just say, listen, hand it over to us. We'll run stuff by you. We'll keep your brand. Um, but just trust us and we'll, we'll deliver when we say we will. Gotcha. And, and would you guys say that is like, a, is that what make you, makes you guys unique? Like why do these folks work with, with RP? Yeah. I mean, I really I, think it's the, it's the process. I, I mean, and I, I'm not trying to put the, the screws to you or anything. It's just a question that Pete and I love to ask because we've asked so many owners and, and like leaders in, inside their companies of like, Hey, where's the value? Like, why would people choose to right. work with you? And, and you, I'm sure in Charlotte, you guys are in a super competitive market, right? So what's the, the yeah. value proposition for you guys? I mean, I know a lot of people use this as like a, a platform to jump off of, but really like, if you come to us, our customer service is is going to be what what you come back for. Everybody can promise you and provide you a quality sign product. But if you come to us, we're going to take that process. We're going to make it as easy as possible for you. And we're, we're going to be hands-on and guide you through that so you don't have to worry about what you'll get in the end. I, I feel like w without that part, it doesn't make you any different than anybody else. Um, there's a lot of a lot of guys will go jump on the big job and then leave them abandoned for a couple signs on the on the backside, and that's really where we pick up the slack. Is we we promise to be there in the future for you. It's funny. Just this past week, we had a customer call us for a sign, an interior donor sign that we made for them in 2004, and we still had a piece of material in their customer box that we could provide the same exact material and the same exact sign as we did in 2004. Wow! I, does that how did that material age? <laughs> like, it, it, it's Corian. It's solid surface, so it, it oh, it's been oh, protected okay, okay. inside, so it it is fine. Like, yep. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. All right, this is. I, I remember the days of like reaching into the file cabinet from the, the jobs from 10 years ago, but we often didn't have material on hand from that long ago. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, as you mentioned, uh, you've kind of grown up in the business. All right. RP signs is a, a family business. So you know, kind of walk us through, we've talked about 
the shop and the business. Walk us through your own individual journey inside the industry. So my journey, like, I mean, I started as a kid, I would catch duct tape balls off an extension ladder for my dad putting up Gemini letters on the side of brick buildings. But then as I, I grew, I mean, I did the whole schooling, went through and, and decided college wasn't for me about six months into my college journey. And then, so <laughs> why, I was like, you was know, I, I just, I mean, I knew what I was going to do. Like, I just knew I'm going to be a sign guy. Like I've always, I was always interested in it with, with my father um, so I was like, I'm going to school, but I'm going to be, a, I know I'm going to be a sign guy. So why can't I just start being a sign guy right now? So that was at eight, 18 years old. Um, so I've been, I started picking at 18 years old. We moved into a new building for the shop and I was picking weeds off of a fence. And so I started at the ground, even though it was, uh, even though it's a family business and then moved up through some manufacturing in the, uh, in the trophy area of the shop for the the other side of the business progressed into being an installer for our, our sign shop, uh, moved to the, being a laser operator for a short time. Then after that, I moved as an assistant project manager and then started taking on some of the healthcare clients and then have moved and then moved through the project manager positions to where I am now as director of project management. So that's been 16 years. So when I, so I'm 35 now, so I'll have a lot of time in by the time I'm ready to, to call it quits, but I'm, ex, I'm just excited about how, how I've had the opportunity to see it all and move up. I think it's going to be very valuable when, when the business is handed over at some point. Sure. Uh, was there ever a time like growing up, it, like it, you were always hundred percent like, Hey, I'm going to be a sign guy. Like there was never a time of like. Oh, dude, if I have to go in and like help out in the shop and sweep the floor and like pick up and do all this stuff, like I'm going to like, I'm just going to go crazy. Like, Hey, I got to get out and do something else. Yeah. You know, I can honestly say no. Like I, I have always enjoyed being, being with my father. Like I, I used to hang around with him all the time when I was little and we would do everything together. So it never really bothered me the thought of coming to this place every day for the rest of, for the rest of my career. I mean, I just, I, I enjoy it. I soak up every minute of it and enjoy the people that I work with. Wow. Did you, what did you go to school for? Uh, short time business management. Do a lot with a background in business management, right? Yes. Hey, yes, you hey, could. We, yeah. <laughs> you could also run a podcast. <laughs> That's what I got into. Things with that. I, and I'll tell so, you why Pete, like I got in and I was like, Hey, what am I going to do after college? I have no idea. So I, I business management, baby. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Uh, you're, go you're, ahead, Pete. Yeah. If, you, if I, I want to kind of just make a couple of comments, uh, maybe a question or two here. So you mentioned the size of your business and that's a remarkably, uh, a lot of people would love to have a, size operation the way that you do, you know, with project managers, a couple of designers, uh, I would assume that the majority of your workers are in the production and project management side of things. But why don't you give us a little bit of insight as to the thought process behind why now with a salesperson? That was that was a major takeaway for me is that why today, after all of the accomplishments that you have, are you theoretically bringing on a new arm of your business? Yeah, you know, I, Pete, that's a good that's a good question. I really take a look at that 
from um, a couple different viewpoints. Like we have, I think, and I can honestly say, I think for for 30 some years, we've taken for granted the fact that we have a referral network of just people's word, word of mouth from customer to customer to customer, just that business being there. And just, it's always been there. But as we all know, customers change, uh, sometimes change a little bit. And I, I just felt like in order to not have all our eggs in one basket, to diversify with a, a salesperson, to bring in some of the work that maybe we wouldn't normally go after or get. Because, I, I mean, it, it definitely helps add to revenue. And I just feel like having that extra stream coming in can kind of offset any fluctuations in like a word of mouth referral or a customer change or um, just some, or just, just competition in the market. Um, there's, it's really fierce around Charlotte. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different companies in the area. So we really have to differentiate ourselves from the others. Okay. And you feel like this is a, a pathway forward to differentiate yourself? Yeah, I mean, and just expand expand our offerings and maybe get us in front of people that we haven't been been in front of before. It's it's not like it's going to to solve a major issue, but I definitely think that it it can help expand and get us out in different markets that we haven't really focused on or touched. In What's going to be your process? In, in your mind, you bring on this person. It's a he's an ideal salesperson maybe a little bit of knowledge in aspects of this industry. What, what, what's going to be your process by which to dispatch that person out into the market? Is it a self-reliant person to bring in business or is there going to be more appointments being scheduled, uh, you know, a rolling showcase? Or what's, what's your process and how that person is going to differentiate and bring some awareness to the market? Yeah. So I think um, we're going to, he's going to have sales, uh, material and stuff that he's going to be able to take with him and like present to, to general contractors and, and, um, and different developers and real estate companies. I, and just getting somebody out there, just a face for us out in, into the, the market. Cause of a lot of what we did, like I said, was just like referral stuff. So we kind of, in our, I mean, we got five project managers in our office. We manage our projects from here. We do go on client meetings like everybody else does, but like to see somebody like a recurring face out in the market, visiting people and talking about signage and projects, I think it's just a different, a different approach than we've had before. So I think that will kind of help ramp that up and just, and to get his feet wet, I'll, I'll go on sales meetings with him and kind of coach him along the way and, and get him up and running. Okay. Are you guys uh, like going to put him on like a a totally different industry, uh, like outside of healthcare or uh, property management? You know, contractors, or is it like a double down on on existing? No, it's it's markets? really going to be different market. I think what I would like to see, of course, when he gets when he gets up and running, a, a real focus on multifamily projects and developments. I just there's an article in July of this year that more than 80 people a day move to Char to the Charlotte area. Gotcha. And and I mean you can't well 80 people a day. You can't turn a corner without seeing an apartment complex under construction. So I know there's more apartment complexes than our sign companies. So to to capitalize <laughs> on that market would be 
would be fantastic. Charlotte's one of my favorite cities in the country. For those of you, for those that know me, I, I visit frequently to the Charlotte area. So, what what part of the Charlotte market are you guys servicing? We, I mean, gosh, we cover on a daily basis anywhere from yeah Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is just into South Carolina from Charlotte, and then we'll, I mean, we'll go up to Hickory and and Morganton area towards the mountains. Wow. Um, yeah. And we go, I mean, go to Raleigh. No kidding. Couple, couple times a month. Um, so wow. we're, our guys, our guys stay on the road pretty well. Yeah. I mean that you could be on hours on uh 485 just between Fort Mill and, and yep. Hickory yeah. and we're up there on the North side. I mean, gosh, that's, I, I've been in that traffic, and I don't. I don't recommend it uh, to anybody. Um, but that's impressive. You know, that's that's something. That's a very large organization and a very large area of which you're covering, especially when you're venturing off to the to the east and going into the Raleigh market. I would assume you're going into Greensboro as well. Yeah, Greensboro, Cary, Chapel Hill. Um, yeah, yeah, we're we're pushing. Gosh. I mean, we cover. We'll send our guys to anywhere in the state. I mean it. It doesn't really bother us. And we really, we've positioned ourselves. I feel like, well, naturally being in Charlotte, we can cover the whole Southeast. Um, I've, I've got a client that is going through an expansion and we're, um, we've gone to Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia for them. So it's, you can run the whole corridor if you, if you need us to. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's amazing to hear. That's a, that's a very large service area. So that's, I guess you have the means to take on that kind of work because I could certainly see a lot of downtime and travel if you're not charging for those uh, types of leads. So let's get back to the point here. I was just curious because um, I wanted to kind of get a picture of where, what size your business is and what your service area is. But it does kind of sound like you're taking over the entire Charlotte market, maybe even into the South Carolina border there a little bit too. So, okay. Now, You've been in this business now for what I think you you called it uh, what generations? Is that correct? Did I did I use the right term? Yeah. So my grandfather's first generation owner. My mom is now owner majority. So then it'll be it'll be me and my sister after this. After this, okay. So the business is in your family's name, right? Right. It's it's, it's been. You guys have been in this market for a long time. A lot of the businesses know maybe your mom or maybe your your grandfather before her, and you guys are doing a lot of business. Now, the thought here is, is that you're bringing on this salesperson, right, and you have a little bit of a plan for for the type of customer that you want and the, and, and the, and the, uh, the approach by which you want to go after that type of client, but... Sure. Is that your only new business acquisition strategy or is, are there others that you're also planning around? Uh, right now, that's the focus. Um, that's our that's our big focus is to get a sales, some kind of sales structure up and running. I think for, for a long time, like I said, we've taken for granted the fact that business has kind of just come to us organically and we, we've earned the business through providing for other people. But But I think at some point you got to, you have to stop resting on those laurels and then and move to a, a more aggressive strategy, which a sale, I thought a salesperson was the logical first step. And then we kind of see how that business development takes place and we can 
venture off from there to other avenues. Yeah, okay. Very interesting. Like you guys work with like primarily like the healthcare systems, right? I, I know like a, a, a ton of owners that we talked to would, would die to be in good with the healthcare systems because as yeah. a, you know, a, a, depending on the products you sell, steady stream of work, um, oh, yeah. I, I would say, you know, hey, there's probably some budget conscious elements there, but, you know, for the most part, probably not more concerned about like timelines and, and, and actually getting like deadlines and project delivery more so than, than budget. So you're not holding up like a new wing of the hospital waiting on the signage. Right. But hey, like how, hey, like, like you said, you mentioned you take those for granted. How, like, how did you guys originally get into that market? Do you know? Like, well, is that yeah, something so, that's always been there? Like, since since you were young, or yeah. So our first shop was actually right across the street from the biggest hospital in Charlotte. So that's there. So that's how naturally they came over and were like, "Hey, I need a nameplate." So that we 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 literally could walk across the street and be at the front door of of the hospital, and we would deliver the products because we were so close. So, and other guys wouldn't, wouldn't do that. So, I mean, we were like, Hey, we'll bring it to you. We'll walk, we'll cross the street and we'll be right there for you and we'll give it to you. And that just kind of, that kind of was the, the foundation of that relationship, the, just the personal connection. And then we kind of just took it to the next level and that's how, that's how it started. And I mean, at first they would ask us for illuminated signage. We, we didn't even know what that was at one point. And we would say, yeah, we'll take care of it. And then we came back and we figured it out. True side guys. <laughs> hey, we need this. Do you guys do that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We'll figure it out, guys. Yep. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners would <clears throat> laugh or chuckle if they're driving in their cars or if they're listening on their phones or whatever. They would look and be like, I've done that a million times. So you're not alone. <laughs> I've, I've done that. I know Brian's done that, and I know many of our of our clients I, also. I still do that sometimes, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. Sure. Yeah, it's um, yeah, really good stuff. Really good stuff. I I like that you uh, go after you know your your type of clientele, but you've been doing it for so long, right? So tell us a little bit about before the salesperson, what the what the approach has been like. What's the what's been uh, the What's this is what I want to get into. What's the what's secret sauce, with, man? What's, the, what's your secret? How do you last this long with three generations or almost three generations and, and you know, live in a world without a salesperson? What is your trick? What is, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I hate to name drop here, but I kind of think of us like a, a Chick-fil-A of sign companies. I mean, it's like it's our people. It's, it's the way we, we pour into our people – we we develop them to to treat our customers the way that that we always have. We we ask them to buy in to our our level of care, our commitment to our customers, and, and just really just just buy into the system. Like we we're here to make money, yes, but we really want to take care of people. And, and I just feel like other people look for that in a in a place to work. It's not just like a a carousel of people running through here the majority of our people have been with us for over 12 to 15 years. We've even got some people that have been here the whole 36 years. Um, so I think it's the way we 
are intentional with our people and just ask them to care for our customers the way that we always have. And they buy into that system. Uh, could you give us like a specific, like does a specific example or a specific story come to mind? Um, not, I, I'm sure you've got one or two. Yeah. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It, you know, it really just like, I mean, we were doing a project for a healthcare organization here in, uh, in Charlotte. They were opening a medical school and they came to us four weeks before the medical school opened and said, Hey, we need designs. We need, we need designs. We need approvals. We need signs on the outside of this building before they have the ribbon cutting in four weeks. Hmm. And back then, back then we, we had one graphics guy and that was, that was Gary back then he was on vacation. So then my, I guess my father out of desperation reached out to Gary on vacation. I was like, dude, can you please do me some drawings? We've got to take care of this for the customer. And, and Gary did his drawings and, and he made it happen. They approved it, manufactured and installed by the ribbon cutting in the four weeks. And it was a high rise install. I, yeah. If that's not a, a sign guy job. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I just, and it's, we will do that for, we'll do that for anybody. Like, I mean, with, within reason, of course, we don't like sell, Hey, we're, we're going to do everything for you quick. Like that's just not, we, this was we, this was an existing client that you yes you it was an existing client with. that we had a relationship with but that's just how we care for our customers and we we strive to develop those relationships with everybody um, and I guess that's why we hadn't focused on like a lot of retail signage in the past is because that relationship kind of you go to somebody in a strip mall you sell them a sign and then you kind of move on and that just that hasn't been the way we operated so that wasn't really a like a focus but I'd like to bring that level of relationship to that, to that sign experience. Yeah. Uh, what is, so you guys do a, a ton of ADA. There's a, there's a lot of smaller shop owners that we talk to that was like a mystery box of like, like, Hey, I, I know this could be a good Avenue for us, but Hey, like, I, I don't know much about it. Like how, do, you know, how, how should I get into it? Do I even want to get into it? Right. Like what are what do those projects look like for you guys? I mean, they're, they're, a lot of our projects are full packages. Like, so it'll be a new office building and we, we go from design conception all the way through the manufacturing process. So we'll sit down with designers and work, uh, work through their finished plans and, and come up with a couple sign types and drawings for them to approve. Um, and then, I mean, we just, we've got people in place that know the, the regulations, the processes, and it just is really seamless for us because we've been doing it for so long. Um, a lot of it's intimidating to a lot of people um, just because there's so, there's so many nuances to the ADA guides and, and just compliance issues. Um, there's also a decent amount of equipment that's involved with, with doing it, but we've even gotten to the point to where we, have become a wholesale source for some other companies to provide them ADA signs because they want to take, they want to bring that revenue stream in, but don't have any way to do it. So they turn to us and know that we'll just take care of them and we provide it to them. Gotcha. So I like, you, you actually have like a wholesale to the trade 
wing yeah. or arm as well. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, we're huge advocates of, of outsourcing stuff that, that you don't bring value to the table on, or, you know, that that's not necessarily your specialty. Sure. Um, but like when do clients bring you into those projects? Is it, is it typically I mean, at the, at the end? Is it like, Hey, four weeks, like here's the building. Like we're, we're finishing construction. Now we need signs for everything. Or is it hey, like sooner in the process? Like who are you working with? Like inside of, the client's organization? Yeah. A lot of times we're like in their organization, we're working with their development people. So when they have something on the horizon, they'll reach out and just say, Hey, We've got this project coming up. Keep it on your radar. I'll reach out when timing's more um, appropriate uh, for these activities. But really, and we've worked with these same architects and in construction companies before, so it's kind of like, hey, we need to engage RP because we're going to need signage down the road. So we do we do have customers that that keep us in mind early in the process, which is nice. Um, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be a, a ball dropped every now and again, and us have to come in on the backside and and make something happen. But yeah, we tried to we've tried to educate our customers and and how long the process takes so that they're aware of that and they can build that into their their schedules. Gotcha. And it, like you know, you, you mentioned this other project was like four weeks, but like start to finish, like what is it, like the average ADA project kind of run for um, you guys? I mean, if you're looking like around 100, 100 ADA signs, I mean, we could probably push that out in about 15 business days is what is like average. But I mean, the bigger the project, the longer we can get is always better, of course. But like when you like if you need just like a sweet sign insert or something for a medical office building, our average lead time for that's like five to seven business days and we'll get it installed or shipped, shipped out. Gotcha. And like, can we ask numbers? Like what, what do you guys do sales wise? So our, our best year, which was a year ago was 5 million. Okay. Um, it fluctuates based on, I mean, that was, that was a good year based on a, a really long rebranding campaign that we had embarked on. Um, so it, it fluctuates based on what, what's happening in the, in the healthcare industry and, and just across the board. But yeah, I mean, I, on average between three and 5 million is a year for us. Gotcha. That's, that's pretty solid. I, I know I, yeah. a ton of shops would, that we talked to would love to be at three to 5 million. What, what is the, the rough profitability on ADA signage? Is it, is it, oh, is gosh. it worth the Is it worth the squeeze or like at the end of the day, like, are there like you guys get done with the average project? Do you look back and you're like, this was a this was a win for the client, obviously. It was a win for us as a business, though. Yeah, no, I definitely think I definitely think that it's a it's a profitable it's a profitable section of our business. Um, it, but you're also you're you're offering a service that's very unique that a lot of public organizations can't function without. I mean, you can't get inspections without ADA signs. So there's there's a level of have to with ADA signage that if you bring that to the table, then we can help you succeed as well. Um, and it doesn't hurt that we'll design something to tie in with your building and make it look elegant. And, and it's not just your standard home Depot, black and white <laughs> restroom sign stuck on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. 
Um, what was I going to ask? It, like the, the ADA stuff is is definitely very interesting to me, just because it, like back in the old days when I ran the shop, we we didn't do ADA signage, and and for me it was like I, I see this, I know people who are doing it, like what's actually involved, but it, like for you guys, it, it's probably like more than the actual production. It, it's like a service offering more than just like the signage, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we it's we'll take it we'll take your plans we'll tell you what you need where you need it um so it's a consultative approach as well as an educational approach saying and then we kind of weave in the wayfinding with with the ada packages so um it all it all starts as the customer is the like the the starting point how can we educate our customers and and let them know this is a service we offer this how it can help you and we'll take care of it for you so we, but we go from design to, to creation. So, I mean, nothing, okay. what, nothing we don't where, do. Where, where does estimating like come into the process? So right after, typically we throw out like a handful of designs to the customer based on their, like a finished schedule for a facility that they're moving into. And then we generate some ideas and kind of have them narrow those down. Um, and then once we provide, they have a concept that they like then we kind of give them a, a a price per unit, and then if they if they see that price and need to value engineer, then we can kind of back out some different things to to help that process for them. But we don't, yeah. So we kind of give them design first before we can provide budgets. Gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah. You imagine like it, depending on like the number of layers of materials you're using and you know placement size, yeah. all of that. Goes into yeah, it. I mean, people but, come to me and go, "Hey, can you get an eight? Can you give me a price on an eight by ten sign?" Well, yeah, but wh I mean, what do you like? There's a million different things. <laughs> I do. It doesn't mean yeah. anything, right? Yeah. So, so like everything is quoted per sign. Do you guys have like project management fees and like installations tacked on top of that, or it's like, hey, that's part of what we provide. It's like, hey, you need a hundred of these signs for. 150 bucks a sign or whatever will design, manage, install, do all of that. Yeah. So we break, we break all that out. So that on our, on our like proposals to our customers, it's all broken out. Um, typically like if we go through design and the customer, the customer approves the project we go through, it's kind of like just, we consider that part of the process. So it's never, it's not a line item on their quote. We just consider that cost, cost of business with that, that, um, that portion um, but install, yeah, we'll look at drive time. We separate all that out based on location of the customer, how many signs, difficulty of mounting the signs, depending on what they are. So, yeah, but if we do like strictly on consultation, like if an architect calls us and says, hey, we need you to develop a sign package, of course we charge for for all that. There is There is a fee for our time for that, even if we don't manufacture the package. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and to me, that seems like almost like the the most valuable part of the process, right? Is the knowledge you guys bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. That, Correct just, me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Just to let somebody know that, listen, this may be daunting to you, but if you partner with us on this, we can walk you through the whole thing and it'll be, we'll make it as simple as possible. Uh, it's kind of kind of like the accountant thing, right? Like I, yes. I know the basics of finance, but like, I, do I want to put my own knowledge on the line that I don't get audited by the IRS or, or have some <laughs> other consequences? I definitely don't. 
yeah, if I if I take over first thing I'm doing is hiring full full scale accountant to do every bit of <laughs> every bit of information I got. <laughs> uh, and so what's a like we've had people on the podcast that like have, have grown up in family businesses, they work with their wives type of thing. Like what, what is it what's it, what's it like working in a family business? Like do you do you have disagreements with your your mom and your dad is your grandpa still in the business my grandpa um, like, is what, retired what's the dynamic so grandfather's retired my 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 mom focuses on the um the award side of the business like she she's over that sector of the business so my father runs the signage part um so working with him it has been it's been fun, but it's also been hard. Um, he and I don't see eye to eye on next steps. A lot of times, like hiring a sales guy per se. <laughs> um, okay. but, but I, I thought it was important enough and I uh, pestered the piss out of him enough to, to where he was finally <laughs> like, all right, we'll give this, we'll give this a try. Like, let's, let's do this thing and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So yeah, my sister's a senior project manager here. So, I mean, we all work well together uh, we definitely have our disagreements, but there's also non-family people here. So we kind of keep those disagreements behind a closed door. So nobody, <laughs> nobody needs to worry about their job. It's, it's, it's not super awkward. Like, what is it like at, yeah. at Thanksgiving dinner with the family? Like, do you guys, it, do you guys try to turn on like the business side of it off? Or is it, it like a lot of folks where it's just like, we talk signage all day, every day. Man, you took, yeah, the, you took the words right out. With like Christmas right around the corner, I kind of want to know what like Christmas dinner is gonna feel like with you guys. Like, do you talk shop? Do you argue about projects? Like, how long that took? You got to carve the turkey now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Thanksgiving, we we get together with my grandfather and grandmother, and he's the one who started the business, so he likes to talk about it because he's not really around that much anymore. Christmas, if we try to talk about it, we're mostly at my mother and father's house. So our, my mom will be like, y'all need to stop talking about business right now. We got, this is, we're, we're closed for a reason. Um, so we we try to shut it off as much as possible, but it's a disease that we all suffer from. And that's signs 24-7, so. Okay. Got it. Hey, like, have, have you already, like, discussed transition plans or things like that? Or are you not at that stage yet? Not at that stage yet, um, but it's never too early for a, a plan to, to start. Um, that's actually one of my next steps on my list is like, hey, let's round up everybody that needs to talk about this and let's start working on a, a plan. Uh, because, I mean, as you guys know, the years just speed by. So before long, it'll it'll be time and we need to have a plan and be ready for that. Yeah. I, and, I, I, and I think that's a like the transition or, or like handing down, we've got a lot of folks in our community that are, are nearing retirement age and like so is the kids want nothing to do with the business. Right. And at that point it's like, what do we do? You know, like I always mm -hmm. just assumed I was going to hand this down to the kids and you know, it's kind of a, a sticky situation. Uh, right. And then there's other folks like that are in your position where like you're coming up, you're going to take over the business and the not so distant future, like managing that transition, I can imagine is I, I, like, if you don't do it well, is it very detrimental to your own 
health, yeah. mental health, and to the business <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. Do you guys like what's the average age of like all your employees now? Or like, are you guys? Do you have um, a lot of employees nearing retirement age as well? Or no, not not really. I mean, we've got we've got a good mix of of young and and seasoned. I'll say. I mean, we've got probably a handful that are close to retirement, but we we definitely have some some younger people that'll that'll Lord willing continue to to work here, um, even up through the transition point in eight or ten years. I th- I sure. think we've kind of positioned ourselves well in that respect to where we've kind of balanced our workforce to where we wouldn't be totally without, you know? Yeah. Well, I, it, just in general, I think that's a concern of mine, you know, as, as, as like we, we all get older, you know, and, and the industry is and like, if you've been in the industry, you can't get away from it. Right. But right. how do we attract new people that, they're willing to invest the time necessary to actually do the job to the level it requires. Right. It's not like yeah. you can bring anybody off the street and within, you know, three weeks have them up and running and, and actually producing ADA signage or managing a project. Right. It's just sure. not possible. Sure. And especially too, like I, somebody told me a stat the other day was by 2028, 52% of the workforce is going to be Gen Z. And that scares me to death. Like, because you just don't, you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, right? do, do you want to work? Well, if you want to work, do you want to work in a sign shop? Do you want to get in a crane truck? Do you want to, I mean, I, I was born into a sign business pretty much. And I didn't even really think about signs for half of, I mean, half of my career, like growing up. Like I was just like, I didn't really think about it until I was immersed in it, you know? So, I mean, people drive by signs every day and, it's like almost like they don't exist, you know, until they they need it. Yeah. And now it's like you drive by and you're like, hey, honey, honey, like we, we did that <laughs> one. We did this one. <laughs> yep. And she's like, enough already. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, like we've covered a lot. Like, you know, we've already touched on like what it's like inside the business. You know, we, looking at my notes here, like inside the market. Yeah, one question that I do have is is like, you know, you mentioned getting the people to buy into the business and to like the ethos, but like that's one thing, right? But keeping somebody around twenty plus years is like a totally different thing, especially in today's climate. Like, sure, is there is there any advice you could give to to somebody else? Because like one of the biggest challenges, if you ask anybody inside like the Better Sign Shop community, like the Facebook group we have for owners. I can't find good help. I can't keep good help. Like how have you guys managed to keep people around for 15, 20 years? Is it, Hey, you pay more than most. Yeah. I I feel like that's, there's more to it than that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's always somebody too, that's going to offer more money than you just because if they find like, if they're, they're after people, they're going to be like, I'll throw more money at them. But I mean, really like because the people we have, that's the reason we can do what we do. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know how to word it without saying the same thing over and over again, you know, but I just like our people are important to us. Like we want to take care of them like they are our family. And I think that that creates an environment that makes them comfortable working here 
and and they and they stick around for it. It's not. I mean, it's not for lack of of. There's mistakes that are made, and we we cross those bridges when we get to them with with whoever it is. But we're not gonna. We understand mistakes happen. We're not gonna beat you over the head about it. We we treat people how we want to be treated. I mean, it's it just boils down to that simple thing for me. It's just getting the people on our team that have the same kind of value and outlook that we do that can make us function together and continue to provide good service to our customers. So like if, if I'm hearing you, it's like just to parrot it back to you, is it basically the culture that you guys have instilled at the company? Yeah. I, I th- yeah. I think that I think culture is a big thing. Um, and just being honest, just, doing what we say we're going to do with our customers. And if in a mistake's made, own up to it and fix it. And and then that will make you look, look great as well. The way you respond to adversity um, as opposed to like kicking it under the rug or just disappearing. Talk about your culture for just a quick second. Um, I love that you said that. And I love that you recognize that it's a major component to your success. Um, but are you, is your team full of members that buy in or are there a couple of bad eggs that, you know, you have to work through and massage around? Right, right now, at this time, we have the most solid team that we've had in our history. We had some people leave um, not too long ago. Well, it's been a while now, but it was a little resistant to that and didn't, just yeah, just didn't really fit in that we're kind of not the communicative type to to foster that team environment, and it just it was kind of like walking on eggshells around a couple of them, but they're they're no longer here. But I feel like now we've we've set up a team to where everybody feels a part of the team and wants to be a part of that team. Yeah, you mentioned communication. Like, do you guys have any like specific? protocols or, or like anything like you know are you doing like one-on-one meetings with your your project managers do you guys have like team meetings like yeah yeah like kind so, of what's the dynamic there yeah that's a that's a good that's a good question um so i do one-on-one meetings with every project manager and and the two designers the first monday of every month to kind of get the state of the union of what they're like working on, but my door is always open and they know they can, they can come to me whenever they have a question and, and see that. And in production, we have a, um, a daily standup that is at three o'clock before shift is over at three thirty um, for our in-house production team. Um, we kind of go through what was accomplished, what orders may be coming up that they need to know about and what kind of installs we're, we're setting up for the next day. So our installers know what they're what they're going to go out and do uh, in the morning um, because they roll out between uh, 7.15, 7.30 um, in the morning. So we like to have that time at the end of the previous day to kind of let them know what they're up to. Gotcha. On those one-on-ones, like what's the, what do you guys focus on? Uh, I try to give them the most time to talk. Like just if they want to talk about their family, talk about your family. If you, and then get, we'll talk about project rundown. Um, and kind of get just just a status of what they're working on, and if they can take more work, they let me know that, and I can I can 
take projects that come in and send them to them. And just, it's just kind of like a, a feedback kind of area. Like, Hey, are they struggling with something that they need my help with? Or if, if they just need more, need more detail on a project or, or need a project to, to follow up on they're about to finish. I'm so, I'm so glad to hear you say that, man. Like one-on-ones for me, when I was managing a team, the most effective thing that I had in my arsenal as a manager was like a building that relationship with the team and just giving space. Like, Hey, if they wanted to talk about their family or what they've got going on, that's fine. Like you've got 15, 20 minutes and then like we'll take the next 15, 20 minutes to talk about work in the future and, and what's coming up. But uh, so many people that I talked to overlooked that. I was like, you know, that's the, I think that's like a, a, a really strong foundation for like the culture and, and like your people. You, you got to have that, that relationship, right? Because that's, that's the capital that everybody's operating from inside the shop, yeah. right? If you've yeah. got that relationship, you could come to somebody and say, Hey, I, you know, this one didn't go really well. Like there were some mistakes that were made. I'm not worried. I trust you. Like I, I know next time it, it will be different. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's the important thing is like that just building that foundation with our, our people on our team is like, listen, we, we care about you. Um, not only because you work here and you, you, you're part of the team, but like how is stuff outside of, um, of the shop? Can we help you? Can we help you move? Like, are you moving? Do we need to, do we need to send a van over there to help you if you're in a bind or, or something? I mean, it's just whatever we can do for our people to make their work life and their life easier. We'll, we'll do our best. Awesome. Um, James, any other advice? Like you've got kind of a, a soapbox here. Are there, is there any topics or any, anything you'd like to share with the audience? Um, you know, big thing for me is just, just do what you say. I mean, I think that's the, one of the biggest things is like, if you're going to promise something to somebody, Make sure you follow through on it just just because not only should you be doing that, but that as a as a business person, that'll take you far and beyond what what just saying I can provide you a good product will will take you um, and just just be in there for your customers and ready to answer the call when they need your help, whether it be a long lead time or in a pinch. Um, just show up for them. Um, fight for them if, if they need to be. I mean, if you're if they're running into a tough situation you, you can add your expertise to the situation and help guide them. Yeah. I feel like that's 80% just showing up and doing what you say you're going to do. Yep. Uh, it's difficult, though, <clears throat> honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you have so many different customers that you want to give that same attention to, sometimes they do others suffer. Um, but you got to be prepared to, to pick up that ball and run with it. Awesome. Um, we we've talked about the like you're hiring the sales rep already, but what's the we ask this to everybody? What's what's the future for you? What's the future for the business? You know, what do you see happening in the industry? That's always an yeah. interesting one as well. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see how AI. I mean, I know people are real hot on AI right now, but like future of the industry, how is AI going to play into just signage in general? Like, I'm just super interested to see that i never really considered that part of like our business but i'm 
it can be filtered in wherever. Um, but next steps for us is like a business. I really want to see the sales guy flourish and just, and, and being able to measure that success um, to see him go out there and, and pick up different markets. Um, it, I'm excited for that. Uh, but then also to see how, like when we start developing our transition plan, what that looks like 10 years from now, because I'm trying to like, as director of project management, I only, I have my own team and projects, but I want to start working on the business as well and building that for when the transition occurs, as opposed to just working in the business all the way up, up to it. And then like quitting cold Turkey. Cause that, that really would establish the transition. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a, a major challenge for a lot of folks that we talk to, like getting out of that mindset of like, Hey, I'm knee deep in projects all day versus like, what is the, the strategy side of it? You know, what's, what's the future for the business? Where do we need to point things to go the right direction? Pete, any closing shots, any final questions for James before we let him go? There's a couple of shots. Pop, pop. <laughs> I deserve uh, it probably. <laughs> Listen, I think you've got a really great organization going on here. I love that you're men and the people on your team, you're breathing integrity, honesty, being men and women of high integrity is a big part of establishing that baseline culture. Uh, but one of the things that are for me that culture as a whole, you know, if we're looking at, uh, the C word. I know people like to throw it around very loosely and they think that they have a culture and they think that they, you know, the way that they do things is the way that their culture is. But to me, it breaks, I break culture down into four key areas. Okay. So the first is, I call it the best culture. Uh, so that's an acronym for B is becoming better. So my first question, and let me get through it here for just a quick second, is uh, becoming better. What are you doing to, as an organization, at the ownership level, at the employee level, uh, what are your employees doing to become better? Okay. The second piece is exceeding the expectations, which I think you talk a lot about here, um, that you have your own foundational ways of taking what a traditional experience is for a customer and really going above and beyond that. So there's another foundational pillar that I look at and say, wow, this guy's really got it going on. The next is providing superior service. So that's your product, not your the way you talk to your client. That's your product. So I would assume that you guys all have to buy into a great product that you're distributing. And then doing so as a team. Okay, so the, the, the last part of best is doing it as with teamwork. So what cultural elements are you bringing to become better and to improve your bond as a team? Yeah. I, I, um, I think something for us now to become better is embracing new technology, just and and educating our team on that new technology um, and what we can offer different offerings that we can give to our customers. Uh, like I said, we, we purchased that new direct color systems, um, ADA printer, I think is really going to kind of revolutionize and has the ADA game. Um, it just provides so many more opportunities of 
of different signage that you can offer to to client bases. Um, so, and and leadership, just taking those taking those steps to be open to that because I know there's a lot of um, companies with with leadership they're kind of stuck in the ways that things used to be done and it's just like we're going to live and die by weed and vinyl and applying it to an aluminum panel in, as opposed to doing a flatbed print or um, stuff like that. So I think just having leadership that's willing to listen to to steps we need to take to to improve our game and kind of still keep ourselves at the top of the the top of the scale as far as sign companies. And if they don't listen, then you just aggravate the piss out of them, as I heard you say. Yep, and then, and then they, and then <laughs> they, they do don't. it. <laughs> uh, it's strange how effective that is. I, I, that's how it works for me at home anyway. Yeah, and I think too, like in it being the person I'm talking to most about is my, is my father because he's – I mean I report – I pretty much report to him, so it's kind of like – Hey, listen, I've said this about six times. I really think we should do this. Okay, fine. All right. We'll look, we'll look at it kind of thing. So he, when, when he finds something that I'm passionate about and I, I won't let it die, he, he understands it. It's, let's take a serious look at this and just see how it could benefit uh, the organization and our team overall. Yeah. No, that's great. James, man, thank you. this has been a great conversation. I, I, I knew it would be a good one. I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having you on, man. Uh, everybody can find you guys at rpsigns.net. You know, hey, like, are you, if anybody reaches out, are you open to chatting to other owners that may be listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey. If just any questions in general, ADA signage questions, if you want us to help you make some signs and ship them to your shop, we'll do that too. Whatever, whatever anybody wants to talk about, I'm open. I've, I've really tried to, to do that and expand myself in that way like moving more into leadership is just being available for people when they need to talk. What doesn't matter really what it is, but we'll be glad to help. Yeah. So like if you're listening, you're looking for like a wholesale provider for ADA signage, James has stated that uh, they do wholesale work. Um, and if you're like me and you have no clue about it, I'm sure they would be willing to, to lend some time to educate you and help you sell that as well. Um, so Awesome. James, super glad to have you on, man. I appreciate you joining. Hopefully we can come back and do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. See you, Pete. Right. See you, James. All right. So <clears throat> we wrapped the conversation with James. Pete, should we get into rapid fire takeaways, man? I really enjoyed the conversation. I, I think we, for me, there's a, a few things, but I'm going to hit you. Yeah, all right. rapid fire takeaways. So first and foremost, I think it's uh, great for our listeners to know that there are seasoned shops out there that have been doing this for a very long time without an, an outside sales force. And that even a seasoned shop like that, uh, that specializes in a, in a specific five, type of... $5 million without a sales rep, right? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's mind-blowing to me. I mean, I would think that, you know, I've been around 5, 6, 10, 12 million dollar sign businesses that have large accounts like they do. They have large accounts, but they're only getting those large accounts because of an outside sales force. I've never heard of 
somebody reaching that kind of plateau without having somebody the be the face it, of the business. Somebody that's not beating the drum, man. Yeah, that that's that's remarkable. But I do think that that is the exception to the rule. Still, it's it was important for us to get him on here to talk through like your your five million dollar approach is very similar to a lot of sign shops approach and he's going to have some you know i don't doubt it i think he's going to have some struggles finding that right candidate like we all do i hope that but i but i but i am confident that they have the infrastructure in place they talked about culture so i'm confident that they have the culture in place that that person will be able to be retained uh, and they're not going to have like an endless revolving door of sign shop sales people coming in and out of you know his business and uh, and, and allowing it for it to be a struggle. He's got a good foundation, a good uh, a good amount of um, knowledge, a good a good amount of support. I think that there's a lot of room for shadowing and. Uh, being out and being out and in the shop and, and meeting with the designers and the project managers and whomever else he's got working there so that that person can have a little bit more of a holistic understanding of what everybody does in their role in the business. Uh, you know, if you're a sign shop that's listening out there and you have five people working for you, you could be chaotic. On the other side of that fence is a non-chaotic shop that has structure. It has people in the right seats. It has systems. It has processes. It has the onboarding steps to bring on employees like this. And I think today you heard of a, of a large, a large shop owner who has that dialed in. I think the, the number one thing for me that I heard and picked up on, well, I'll say two things, right? You, you already touched on culture and I, I think we've beat that one really well. It's so important. So, so important. Um, but like the, the tactical piece that, that James mentioned was that, like the one-on-ones with his project managers uh, of just setting aside the time to actually build, work on that relationship. You know, in a small shop, like if you're the owner, you've got five people working for you. Is, that's the, the hypothetical that we're dealing with. You still have to make time for, for people to build, you got to build those relationships with your team so that there's that's a, a critical component of the culture as well. It's like, hey, you, know, you hear it from like a, guys in the military all the time. Like, a, I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody. I know they're going to get the job done, no matter what. And when you have that relationship with with the team and leadership, uh, the things that you can do, you could get to five million without a sales rep, right? You can like under promise over deliver every single time you can deliver uh, an impossible project in four weeks for a client who just threw their hands up and said, oops, like, Hey, we totally forgot about the signage portion of this new development. Um, we need you guys to, to come through for us. So it, to me, that was like the, the more tactical piece that I see a lot of owners skip over, have one-on-ones with your people. You know, I, when you bring somebody new on, you, you do tend to spend more time with them. you, let them shadow, you give them space, but past a certain point, a lot of folks just throw them to the fire. Like take the time, set aside the time to focus on their growth. Like how do you bring them up in the organization, right? That, that person that you 
you hired for a production assistant probably doesn't want to stay production assistant forever, right? Take the time to talk to them about their goals for the future. Uh, how can you help them grow? And and I think ultimately that's that's part of how you keep people around long term in this day and age where people seem to come and go. It's impossible to find good help. All that stuff we hear every single day. Right on, man. Boom. Anything else? I don't think there's anything left to say. That's it, guys. If you are interested in uh, networking with other shop owners, you are a shop owner or leadership, join our Facebook group. It is completely free for shop owners. It is a small group. We only allow owners and leadership into the group. So there are not 12,000 people. It is a safe space for you to chat about these specific things. Pricing, employees, management. De-stress a little bit. What was the what was the one I saw the other day? Uh, did I mess up by buying a side shop? Or was I crazy for buying a side shop? The first response was, yeah, just a little north of batshit crazy <laughs> for doing that. So I, I, like, um, I like that last question that you asked in our group where it was like, how much money should you have in the bank? And I'm like, oh, that stemmed a, a ton of conversation. I thought that was a great question. So if you're interested in joining and getting insights to questions like that and seeing what other shops are doing and how they're doing it, this is the group for you. And if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, hit it us, hit us up at hey at bettersignshop.com. All right, Sounds roll good. credits. So that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to give one final shout out to our sponsor, GCI Digital Printing, grand format printer to the trade. GCI is not your average print shop. They pride themselves on providing you a fast, stress-free experience when outsourcing. Their no excuses mindset means no matter the job, they'll have it done every time. No other vendor will go to the links that GCI does to ensure you're a satisfied customer. To hear more about their approach to business, hop back into the archives to episode nine, where the guys and I interview owner TJ Bedact about top tier customer experience. If you're looking for a high quality trade printer for banners, mesh, coroplast, and more, TJ and his crew were small, GCI does them all. Check them out at printgci.com. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit subscribe to get all the latest episodes. And check out our website, bettersignshop.com. Get free resources and helpful tools on growing your shop. Thanks for listening.